0: Darren, we'd better turn around. Why? Because I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. We are the things that were and shall be again. What was that film you were watching?
1: Death, death, death. Death, death, death. Part two. Oh, Lord. But the front, time, bitch!
0: Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trashmouth Mills, and today's guest is the one and only Tom Binkowski of the UK hardcore band Flesh Creep. Now, if you haven't checked out Flesh Creep yet, I highly recommend you do so. They dropped an EP earlier this year, as well as a two-song demo, and they both kill, so check them out if you haven't already. And also, over on YouTube, make sure you check out the Sledgehammer Horror Channel... It's run by Ken and Ashley Sledge and they drop a bunch of awesome horror content all throughout the week. And one of the shows that they do is called My First Horror Movie, which I'll be an upcoming guest on. I'm not exactly sure when the episode is going to drop. So just make sure you subscribe to their channel to keep an eye out for it. Or just go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to keep up with all updates on the podcast. And I'll definitely be posting when that comes out as well. So Last but not least, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by signing up for the Trash Mouth Horror Club for only $2 a month over on Patreon. Link for that is in the description. You'll get some stickers in the mail, shout-out on a future episode, and a couple other little perks as well. So check that out if you're interested. You can also support it the free way by just subscribing or rating the podcast wherever you're listening. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and let's get into this week's interview. We can dive in. Uh, So my first question being, uh, you know, you and the guys in Flesh Creep dropped, you know, an EP earlier in the year, and then the demo Bullets, you know, King of the Hill, uh, just a few months ago, back in September, if I'm not mistaken, towards the end of September. Um, Do you guys have plans, you know, already to work on something new material-wise, or are you guys just trying to get out there and play some more shows and, you know, travel across uh, Europe a little bit? Uh,
1: Always, always, Ryan. Shit. I think, as I say, we kind of... not by design but we ended up releasing like we released like 10 songs over the course of a year um just on like two EPs and as I say this kind of like double A side type of thing yeah we just write quickly and and we've got so we record everything live at a our friend Tom who has recorded everything for us before and this he's a yeah good pal and he's he's he works quickly and efficiently um so we've just been able to sort of blast everything out really and it's kind of as I say it's not by design we've not we didn't think like yo, we're gonna put out 10 songs over a short course of time but we just I don't know it's kind of one of those things where I think like the chemistry with this band is really not something that I've ever particularly had in any like uh uh, projects before I've I've, it's, it's sort of just everything comes together really seamlessly and it's never never feels like a chore kind of yeah we we just like you know we're the type of people that all kind of pay attention to the detail. so um oh yeah yeah it's kind of it, it falls together nicely
0: oh yeah i know exactly what you mean and it's easier to not sit like sit on music like that you know when it's you got somewhere that you can just knock out recordings of oh, course cool. honestly so,
1: yeah. like even the ones we've had we like we've sat on for like a month and we're like chomping at the bitch you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like especially now that everything runs moves so quickly like it feels like it really feels like that's the hard part is when you have to sort of like think like well we did just put an ep like three months ago so we better kind of sit on this one for a couple of weeks at least yeah. <laughs> I think
0: so. as much as people hold uh full links in high regard honestly right now with the way that like L- like just the way the vinyl industry is going and like there's so many backups and stuff i feel like mm-hmm. doing demos and stuff that you can put out on seven inch probably would help you like get it out faster so course, like- yeah
1: yeah certainly i mean I w- i would say that i if- like me personally and I think everyone in my band agrees with me when I say this um I think that our next thing is I want to I want to do an LP just because oh yeah you know I'm the age where I kind of grew up listening to full records and I still kind of hold that platform in the uh, in regard so um, yeah. I'm kind of glad we did it we've you know we've introduced ourselves in, the, in this way but you know we've been a band for roughly about a year give or take uh so I feel like this kind of year was like a introductory and i feel like you can tell across the the releases you can kind of find us like figuring it out in real time if you know what i mean it's like you know as i say whether it be like the songs or the sound or the production or whatever like it's it's a work in progress um but yeah i think we've kind of figured out what we do enough to you know put 10 or so tracks on in a a row
0: (laughs) oh yeah None like uh definitely put out enough material this year that you know you don't I feel like people won't be like, asking where shit is for a while you know what I mean nobody's I mean, gonna be like you you know well, some, yeah where's some new music it's like we put out two two releases in the span of a couple months you know just last year so none, and then post post pandemic it's like everybody kind of like uh. It's trying to hit the road and stuff like that. So I feel like a lot of people know not to expect too much new like material and just kind of expect people to finally hit the road on the shit they've been putting out for the past, you know, year or so. so. Yeah, absolutely. And uh I recommend, you know, if anybody's listening that's just listening to the show to listen to it, I highly recommend checking out their records if they haven't. You know, they're all uh all three of them are good. The EP that you guys put out in 2021 is excellent as well. So Thank I you. I enjoyed them. So um and then uh going for uh other than Flesh Creep, do you have any other projects? You know, whether it be a band or uh, you know, like Twitch streaming or podcasting or anything like that? Um as, as it
1: stands, for me, this is this band kind of takes up all of my uh, extra time outside of work and yeah. you know, my wife and stuff. Um our drummer runs a very good clothing brand called Misery Worldwide, which I would highly recommend checking out. Anyone who's watching this and who has a kind of productivity to towards, I don't know horror imagery and spooky kind of stuff like you'll find some stuff that you like and
0: mine. oh yeah now definitely check that out myself that sounds awesome so yeah, just, yeah. oh yeah no i don't know what you mean it's uh i did this podcast like I, I used to play in a band years ago and i would love to like do some music like again now but i i don't even like i know i wouldn't have the time because it, like it would take away from this podcast. like it would make this like not as easy and like fun to do you know what i mean of so, course, yeah,
1: yeah, it's yeah. like you have to especially like I'm I'm just turned 34 and it's kind of, I don't know, yeah, like you, I kind of, I don't have the energy to do shit now, like, you know, like I come home from work and I have to like dedicate a couple of hours to just lying down, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean, like before I'd I'd be kind of, I'd be out and about and shit, but no, I'm, I have to, I uh, have to take it slowly these days and as I say, kind of being in a band, that's uh that's about as much as I can handle right now
0: no i definitely feel you that's one of the worst things too is when you play when you work a day and then have to go load up afterwards and go play a set and then be like you enjoy it that night but the next day if you have to work especially if you have to work again the next day
1: i tell you can i tell you a funny story before we get into the rest of it um oh yeah we i was just on and actually this ties into the horror stuff uh the other week i was on holiday in romania uh, went to Transylvania to Castle Dracula
0: fuck yes that's awesome um, it
1: was really really fucking like ever since I was a kid like that was like ugh. yeah. Um, I finally got to go I was about to board the plane and I get a text message from my buddy who um, puts on shows in Birmingham I know this is short notice but you want to open for terror tonight oh fuck yeah <laughs> yeah like insane like, like it- and um, I'm literally about to get on this plane that's like it's like a four hour flight back knowing that I'm not going to have any signal or any shit like that. And yeah, so literally had to like text everyone really quickly, like in the next five minutes, like get it all together. You guys like gain touch for the promoter, get all our gear there, blah, blah, blah. Like they, everyone's banded together to get the show on the road. And then I've had like four hours of no signal. I didn't even know if it was going ahead or not. Yeah. Touchdown at the airport, like check my Wi-Fi. Oh, shit, yeah. Cool. I've got to go straight to the venue. Played the show, watched the set. It was great, like, but it was like a real like whirlwind, crazy like twenty four hours. But Jesus Christ, like the, if the week, uh, an entire seven days afterwards, I was like completely zombied. <laughs> you know I mean, like, it, it took it out of me. So yeah, I don't recommend, um, yeah, taking a long, boring flight and then opening for Terror directly mm-hmm. afterwards.
0: No, I know what you mean. I, uh, that's one thing I tell my wife all the time because I drive like an, uh kind of coinciding with like the story a little bit. But I tell my because I drive like an hour and 20 minutes to work. So it's like, you know, just one way. So I go mm-hmm. like uh like I drive two hours and 40 minutes every day for work. So like, for instance, this Sunday I got to work and then we're going to shoot an hour from where we live to go see uh, Goblin play Suspiria and stuff like that and um so i'm super stoked on that but like that's one thing is like when you have to do all that traveling and stuff the traveling's like the most draining part because like you lose steam and stuff so it's oh, like yeah. uh, uh i'm with you i just turned thir- i'll be 31 in a couple months myself so i feel like since i've turned 30 it's like just doing anything with that much traveling like it's fun that day but it's more exhausting than you like really expect it to Absolutely. be
1: can i ask which goblin is it because like is it still is it still two of them that's like it's Claudio Simonetti's one, and then there's the sort of, like, the rest of the guys, right? Don't they?
0: And this one's uh Claudio Simonetti, but uh, yeah. I-, I don't know if anybody's, like, still with him from his old team. I know it's, like, a, a-, a female uh, bass player that's really good and stuff like that. Okay, that's yeah,
1: sick. I saw him with, as I say, some iteration of it, do all of, like, the Dawn of the Dead soundtrack, which was oh, yeah. big for me. Um, but I think, I mean, I don't know, the Superior one might like, even better, to be on the <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's the 45th year so that's why they're doing it for the 45th anniversary so but and they're supposed to play a set afterwards so and uh it, i was looking up like the set they've been playing and it's got like tenebrae in it uh demons uh, uh profondo rosso fucking uh yeah. yeah and uh which my that's that's my personal favorite is uh tenebrae which is uh on the list so. like as
1: in best soundtrack or best both uh, that's uh, like seven, I, that's my favorite
0: argento movie and uh just my favorite out of Argento stuff, not of like Italian altogether, but
1: yeah, no, cool. I mean it literally just for that opening like crane shot. It's yeah. just, like top ten of all time. Like
0: no, and then I love the whole like uh like the way he like uses a murderer to commit his own murders type thing. <laughs> like that shows wild. Plus uh And then I loved all the whole, like, dream sequences that, like, they're, like, dream-esque, but they're almost, it's, like, more just flashbacks of, like, the whole, like, kid shit on the beach, and then, like, uh, the woman getting stabbed at, like, when a guy hops out of the bush and stabs the woman and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: it's a it's a fucking, yeah, classic. It's, like, like, as I say, the soundtrack is kind of, like, I feel like they get a bit more, like, disco-y than they do on the other ones, maybe. Um, And it adds a fun little twist to it, like. Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's a fine movie. Fuck yeah
0: no uh that's definitely one of my uh pretty much all of those that i mentioned are ones that like i enjoy like watching and go back to you know but there's a bunch of them that uh he scored like uh i think they're even playing zombie you know that's so that's fun as shit yeah. stuff, stuff like that but yeah. um which most of fulci stuff is uh oh no that's right zombie is technically uh dawn of the dead that's right i was thinking zombie yeah. 2 for a second which is uh i think fabio Fritzi did, did zombie 2 yeah, so, yeah. um
1: it's very like yeah, it's very convoluted lineage. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. my it wasn't that I didn't. It was like obviously I knew what was correct. It's just my mind actually got mixed up for a second. I was like, well, well, wait a minute, zombie one. Yeah, but uh, now that was uh, I'm excited just to you know see it. Just because I've never seen anything like that. You know, where like somebody plays a score. You know, and then to be somebody that I'm like yeah. such a fan of. So, but um,
1: it'll be, it'll be a good night, man. Yeah, I mean, traveling aside, I think you'll have fun.
0: Oh yeah. I don't know if it'd be as cool as going to fucking Hotel Dracula and playing with slash seeing Terra in the same night. That's pretty fucking dope. Yeah, that's yeah. a, a,
1: a lot of a lot of bucket lists for one day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, hell yeah. Now I'm trying to, I was sitting there like when you said you played with Terra, I was like, I'm trying to think of any band that I played with that I was just like that hyped about. Like uh yeah. uh we played with Knock Loose, but it was back before like all they had out was uh pop culture, like this oh, album yeah. was like the gospel. So like they weren't even I mean, like I was a fan of them then, but like they weren't what they are now, you know what I mean? So it's just like uh there's, there was nobody really that I was trying to think. Yeah. that came through. Like that. We've
1: been really lucky in the sense that like we've played with like a bunch of fans that we're all fans of and stuff like oh, yeah. they're kind of I think it's uh, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of where we come from in Birmingham is there's a there's a real cool sort of like like punk and punk adjacent sort of scene happening currently. Oh, yeah. It wasn't usually like Birmingham's usually been like very, very typically sort of like heavier be down style hardcore bands. Like, we've been very good at doing that type of thing. But yeah, just over the basket, like, literally, it's like since lockdown and COVID and stuff. Yeah, there's been like punks type of stuff happening, which obviously are kind of bread and butter. And so, yeah, it's kind of been drawing kind of, I don't know, different kinds of shows uh, are popping up over the place, which is nice to see. Like, we still have great, like, as I say, the heavier stuff is still very well represented and we still have a great scene for that. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just, as I say, we've kind of been a, uh, We've been lucky that like to sort of, I don't know, kind of catch this wave a little bit. And uh, yeah, we played with with Spy, we played with uh, Woundman, who I love. Um, uh, Yeah, ton of great bands that we've uh, happily shared the stage with.
0: Fuck yeah. Now, another one that came to mind is we played with Lionheart a couple of times. Actually, Actually, like, I think it was like twice because they came through. But uh, they're a band that I enjoy, but they kind of, became like a little simpler as their albums went yeah. on with yeah. the i kind of like that it's
1: almost like a devolution of
0: uh... <laughs> yeah. well they almost did like uh i feel like the opposite of uh hate breed like where hate breed got like more technical not more technical but yeah. just did like more on their albums like i feel like lionheart was like let's just go simple as possible <laughs> like it's yeah. like we don't yeah. even need to be like upbeat anymore just like <laughs> chugs and fucking i
1: I mean there's a beauty to that i see i kind of see it in 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 my own band in the sense of like i don't know sometimes you kind of when you're first starting out you feel like you have something to prove and you've got all these like sick crazy riffs and you're like yo i'm gonna have this fucking crazy part and i'm gonna do this and then you kind of get into a practice room and you have to it's like pulling teeth kind of writing that type of shit and then eventually you kind of get to the bit where like do you know what actually just sounds cool is if we just do a normal fucking yeah. regular fucking well, let's put a breakdown in there or some shit like it's definitely that works. Um not to suggest that we're getting lazier as we as we go along, but you kind of you hone in on the type of uh the type of shit that's sort of I don't know pops immediately rather than these kind of crazy ornate <laughs> song structures and and fucking yeah riffs and parts and stuff.
0: No, no exactly what you mean. Uh if it's and then i hope it didn't sound like i was like hating on that stuff because that's actually like if okay. i listen to my old band that's pretty much exactly what we are we actually had somebody uh like we had a local hater one time on our like on uh social media because somebody just like posted our shit and he commented on it was like uh why do people like them all they do is like press open a one and i'm like <laughs> i was like i was like it's because of how we press open a one bro it's not about okay, okay. it's not about um, what you press it's how you press it shut the fuck
1: up. i'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but it was like uh cuz we were very like um uh like recon uh was like okay. a big influence on us so, so like our show was just like very simple like beatdown shit but uh um a little bit more like on the like you probably would have people that would argue like oh, this band's metalcore all oh, this band's hardcore you know what i mean so yeah. that's what we teetered on that line but uh, it's it was-
1: like i mean i'm i'm very much an advocate for just i don't know i like hardcore and i like i think i don't think you have to choose like whether you're the guy who listens to Minor Threat or whether you're the guy who listens to Hatebreed or what. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's all cool. Like, um, I'm just, I'm psyched on new music in yeah. whatever kind of form it takes.
0: No, I'm exactly, I'm right there with you. I'm the type of person that I just slap a word on the front of hardcore for a lot of shit. Like, I'll call it like, <laughs> like, like, if it's something like, you know, like, gel uh, and all them, you know, like, I'll call them like punk hardcore because they're more upbeat like, beat and like do that type of, of shit. Yeah, yeah. But if it's something like Kubicon, I'll be like, oh, it's heavy hardcore because it's like heavier than like your normal like yeah, shit, no, you know. Stuff. Yeah. But, and then that stuff's like uh, pretty much where it like teeters as far as being like, just, like and then like, I know people just, some people just like call beat down a genre. Sometimes I'll say it's like more beatdown hardcore, you know, like i just throw that yeah, shit together. Yeah it's just like uh just because it's like i I feel like if you like it's like almost just like a through line you know like the same thing with like the i guess it's just like what most people take out the word hard just use the word core for or whatever but it's just like uh um i don't know it's just a through line i feel like if you're a fan of of it in one capacity most of the time you're a fan of it in all those capacities sometimes you're not like there's people that are old like there's old heads that just listen to like the real straight like you know punk sound and stuff and there's people that you know listen to like the bands, like I said, I mentioned Kubicon, they listen to like that. They might like dive as far as terror, um, mm-hmm. but they're not going to listen to like, uh, you know, like a Brace War or like a fucking, uh, yeah. or like, you know, like a, they won't even listen to somebody like Death Threat and stuff like that, just because it's not oh, like yeah. clean. You know what I mean? Like it's raw. or yeah.
1: yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, as I say, it's it's kind of, there's good in all of it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of bad as well. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not going to uh no comment on, on that.
0: Now, if, only, shit, if anything, the only one complaint I have is that there's just too much music because I would like I like so much, and it's too much good music. I like to listen to so much of it, but it's just like by the time I get to really liking something or learning it, I've got something else to like listen to and check out. So of it's course,
1: just... and yeah, no, it's, um, it's I, I I certainly feel that yeah, yeah. Same with as I saying, same with movies. The, I mentioned earlier the list of like recommended movies that I should watch um, from friends and colleagues and stuff is as long as my arm at this point um and yeah like I, as i said it's not, not enough hours in the day yeah
0: i'm right there with you there's movies especially with having a kid and then like i said i travel like i'm so sleepy at night that there's like i have to pick when i can watch a movie like that i know i'm not gonna fall asleep because if i
1: of course, yeah.
0: i've fallen asleep to so many that i don't end up watching them completely and i've got so tired of doing that that i like really just like unless i know that i can at least make it to like the last 30 minutes so that way i can just finish yeah. that the next day or something I, I'm, not, I'm not even trying but i have exactly the same like i really hate that like i don't want to be
1: one of those people that turns his nose up at like long running times yeah um, Cause you know, like I got you know, I always think, what well, if someone, I don't know, someone could have been like, what this movie, The Godfather, is like nearly three hours long. Fuck that! I'm not gonna watch it. Do you know what I mean? Like you could miss out on the, the greatest shit ever. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. Like as I say, especially if it's if I got something, I've got shit to do the next day, and there's a movie that's fucking three hours long. Then I, just, it's just kind of not happening. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. as a um, uh, but yeah, as I say, I do try and kind of make as much time as I can in between. As I say, writing music and, and trying to watch as many movies as possible.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I try to in. No, I agree hundred percent because it's one of those things that uh, most of the time when I make it through those long movies, I end up loving them and they become my favorites and stuff like that. But of then course. when it's, yeah. but it's when it's time to pick a movie, it, some, there's a lot of nights where I'm like, okay, this one's ninety eight minutes and this one's. One hundred and forty. I'm like, I'm good on the ninety eight for tonight. So,
1: and this, I mean, there's a there's there's the type of movie there that like, I think a good there can be a movie that can be three hours long, and if it's good, like you don't, it doesn't feel like it's been three hours long. Do you know what I mean? Like, or like, if something's paced right and kind of is captivating and pulls you in, then yeah, like it's I don't know, it's it's not a it's not an issue for like. But then there's definitely movies that where you kind of feel like, fuck, this movie could have shaved off an hour or 40 minutes or so i actually feel like that about the uh, that suspiro remake really? really liked um but you know i feel like there was kind of like some shit in there that probably could have made the cutting board kind of yeah. i feel like there's there's a load of just sort of like unnecessary expedition type of stuff that i just kind of thought like this need to really be in the movie like does it, does it
0: have to be three hours long <laughs> <laughs> like, they could have cut out the whole know, like storyline with the old man that was played by total swinton for me that was, yeah. been, that could have been cut completely and I feel like it would have just it's, been i don't yeah, think it added strong.
1: much like yeah. Um, yeah
0: and it probably would have dropped out at least 15 to 20 minutes which is a lot in a movie so. of
1: course yeah yeah i mean like i was kind of i i was like i've got to mention there like i'm a huge fan of superior um, the original and when I found out they were remaking it like and this was still back when I feel like when it got first announced it was sort of like it was kind of when they were making like they were remaking a lot of horror movies and they were doing them pretty badly um yeah and I remember just being like oh fuck like how how can you possibly gonna make remakes of spirit like this like crazy like wild abstract for colorful like beautiful mess of a movie like how are you going to get that right yeah um and then uh I, I can't pronounce the dude's name um when they announced the director yeah luca guadagnino
0: um, i think is what name. yeah
1: Guadagnino. there we go um i mean i like so i, I like i just watched call me by your name one of, i think one of the best movies of the past fucking 20 years if more um yeah and it was immediately just like oh okay what are we got here, like, and then like, I started to see kind of bits of it, and like, I really like what they always they like went the opposite way. I've had this really sort of like drab, kind of beige, sort of like, like it, it's in exact contrast with the you know, the original movie that's like, as I say, has these wildly vibrant colors and all this art nouveau stuff going on, yeah. So, like, I don't know, they did it right, and I'm glad that it did come out. I liked it a lot, but as I say, there was just some kind of stuff in it that, as I say, I didn't, I didn't feel like necessarily added much or needed to be there. And I do remember kind of how, like, my like ass started to hurt in the cinema. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's never a good time when you kind of see you're sitting there and you see like, fuck, man, like I need to go stand up or something, like. <laughs>
0: No, I agree 100%. That's one movie that uh, I'd enjoy as well. I love it. Uh, It's probably one of my favorites of the year. It's one of those that I kind of like go back and forth if I even like it more than the original, just like story-wise, because it's such a strong story, you know? Like I love the fact that, like you said, it's like, what were they going to do with it? And the fact that he just took like the mythology and created kind of a new story and just kind of used like a lot of the namesakes and stuff like that. Super awesome. Of course, you know, like watch, uh, That's but that's the problem is like, back when I first watched it, I had that thought in my head of going back and forth if I like it more than the old one. But I find myself watching the old one all the time because it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't run that long. And it's like, that's the problem with this new one is uh I find myself wanting to rewatch it a lot, but then I know I'm not going to make it through it or I'm not going to have time. So it's just, cool. it, yeah. um yeah, I definitely feel like they could have chopped it down a little bit, like whether they took uh the only scene i even like with the therapist is the opening one because it kind of shocks you and kind of teases the witches because chloe grace moret's character like talking all this crazy shit but after that he's so unnecessary it's like (laughs) um and then like but he's in it a lot like there's this whole whole scene where he just goes out and finds like this woman that looks like his ex-wife and it's that's when i think they have the Susie bannon um cameo from the original one and stuff and it's that's cool but it was like they could have fit her cameo somewhere else so no, i agree um yeah. some of those movies like there's movie like a movie like hereditary like i don't i can't think of anything that really needs to be cut and it's like just as long but um yeah. some movies, like,
1: just lean no old filler no killer yeah
0: or oh, even like yeah. uh the shining like an older one like it's just as long yeah. it's uh but it doesn't feel like it you know so that's the absolutely. problem with the spheres it kind of start you start to feel that runtime for sure but
1: mm-hmm. absolutely yeah like i did as i say yeah like i mean a, a really great movie can be as long as it likes and it you won't necessarily notice or you know it's not just something that you're going to kind of complain about but yeah so yeah. that's the uh, the mark of a masterful director I suppose or <laughs> editor I guess um
0: but yeah no that's the thing is a lot of these directors have the same like uh teams and stuff like that and then when they kind of switch up their team their movies like weaken a little bit so it kind of always makes you wonder was it there's like not to shit talk anybody because I still loved the movie, but it just definitely wasn't as strong as his first two. But uh, yeah. Robert Eggers, you know, left A twenty four and went to Focus, and I can't help yeah. but think he had some different people switching in and out. And The Northman just wasn't quite as strong as The Witcher. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, fuck, like that. Um, I I really like The Northman. It, it was good. It was really cool. But like, yeah, yeah, God, the, I mean, I remember going to see The Witch at the at the, the movies and just being like, I think people forget that like. Sort of, there hadn't been a, like really fucking good horror movie like that in a while. At the time, was it like 2015? Did that movie come out? Yeah, it was either 15 or 16. It was
0: definitely about yeah,
1: like, then. And it was we were still kind of in that sort of like hangover from the like the 2000s where like shit was like really trashy. Um,
0: yeah, or a remake of something.
1: Yeah, like exactly, like and shit like that. And I remember watching, and that movie is just like so fucking bleak. Like nothing nice happens in it at all like everyone's fucking miserable from the minute one to the end of the movie it's just gray miserable depressing shit and that's why i fucking loved it like (laughs) it's a perfect movie for me um but yeah as i say like i i I hear what you're saying in the sense that like i'm really i'm kind of i got bummed out the fact that the northman didn't sort of like i mean i don't know i don't want to call it a flop but like i Believe in industry terms that it didn't do as well as it was projected to, yeah. Um, and I really feel like, specifically now, when like as I just have to say, you fucking, you've got your Marvels and your Disneys and your yada yadas, and like there's that has such a monopoly on what gets made. Like, I feel like that sort of like mid-budget kind of you know like a movie that's had a lot of money spent on it, but it's still kind of an original idea that's good and you know, is inventive and creative and stuff. Like, I I want to see more of that type of thing because you used to be able to see that those type of movies, you know what I mean? Like, there'd be, like, cool ideas given, like, a decent amount of money to make, like, you know, like, and it's cool. Like I mean, I, I will always love low-budget, like, you know, almost kind of like DIY horror movies in the same way that I love low-budget DIY hardcore music. But, yeah. um, you know, as I say, sometimes you kind of... If you've got an idea good enough. You kind of want it to, you know, see it kind of uh, blown up on the big screen in the in the in the right way. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's few and far between these days. I think, like, probably I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example. The last um, Fury Road maybe was like the last movie I can really think of that was sort of like this is a strange as fuck weird idea, and we're just going to let the the people who made it. Do what they want but you know just like
0: blank check there you go yep. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah again rambling
0: now other than like Christopher Nolan films and shit like that you know like 10 well, yeah. yeah like there's yeah. a there's a few directors out there that get those paychecks but I know what you mean there's a lot of indie film directors that have those imaginations that like uh like uh they stop stop making movies and it's like you could tell that they just weren't making it like um I can I can't think of the director's name but the guy that did It Follows and Under the Silver Lake uh like the fact that he's not just pouring out movies it's like i feel like it's because his movies got like poorly not received but like you know like money wise i'm sure they didn't make shit tons of money especially it follows like that was one if i'm not mistaken that like did poorly at first and then got put back in theaters because of like yeah servers or something but uh which i don't want to dive in that too much because i don't know those facts about it but i know that Mm -hmm. it was something like that but so we've been chatting plenty about movies in general and you know especially horror movies and stuff like that but uh Growing up, what was your relationship with horror? And you know, did it change at all as you got older and became an adult?
1: So I, funny story. When I was young, I can't remember the exact age I was. I remember watching the first fifteen minutes of Edward Scissorhands, oh yeah, and being like fucking like deeply fucked up. By it. <laughs> like like woke up in sweats for weeks, man. Like I was like fucking six or something. <laughs> um, And it wasn't till like a couple months after that I had the courage to watch the rest of the movie. I realized, like, oh, he's nice. This is actually like a fun, family-friendly movie. Um, Like, I'd only just kind of seen up until where it's like Vincent Price cutting his hands off and shit, like, and uh, him being up in the tower and and shit like that. Like, Um, and I think if I'm trying to psychoanalyze myself. I feel like there's been, ever since then, there's been this kind of weird, I'm searching to be that scared again, if you know what I mean. I've kind of, like, I felt so just, like, nervous and uncomfortable and this sort of, like, I don't know, like, there's there's something about me that I guess I just lean into that and I like it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, ever since, I think, that's probably, if I had to pick, like, patient zero, it would be, yeah, the uh, the first 15 minutes of Edward's Is a Hand before it kind of reveals itself that it's a nice uh, semi-comedy. No, <laughs>
0: yeah, there was actually, uh, I have a similar story, like uh, not one that I remember, you know, because it was kind of before, you know, like my memory. It was like when I was that young, you know. But um my, my mom says that apparently... Uh, I was super terrified of the mask, the movie with Jim Carrey when he put the mask on. Like, uh, I was fine with it up until yeah, when he changes, I guess. Like, I went screaming, running out of the room. Or she said I went screaming, and at that time, everybody had like you know, box like these big box TVs and shit in the 90s. And um, so like, I ran around the back of the TV and was like, turn it off, turn it off, (laughs) but. No, uh And then I even remember being scared of, like, Idle Hands the first time I saw it, because when that dropped in 99, I was still only seven. So, like, I was oh, still scared yeah. of shit, So, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's, uh, you get scared. I feel like, uh, but you explained it perfectly. I feel like that's exactly why, I like, I love watching the scariest shit I can find today, because mm-hmm. it's like, uh when a movie can actually scare me again, it's like I almost tear up in the way of, like, you get, like, you you would tear up watching a happy movie, if that makes sense. Of course, like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's like
1: it's, an excitement special about it. As I say, I think that we're kind of, I mean obviously horror is a massive sort of huge genre that many people love but it it does kind of take a certain type of person like people who really love it like that's not a normal thing to want to happen to, do you know what I mean like being scared most people don't like being scared <laughs> like yeah. it's um so I think there's this weird kind of yeah you sort of there's an idea that you kind of I don't know a little bit of a glitch in the matrix if you're of you know, this type of person that sort it seeks after that kind of um feeling.
0: Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean though, because uh I showed my mom not like a couple years back, uh she we were living together while she like work on buying a house and like now she bought like bought a house and moved out and everything but so back then we would have a lot of movie nights and so Mm -hmm. i would have like more chances of convincing them to watch horror and shit like that that they wouldn't typically watch and uh, (laughs) i convinced them to watch that uh that movie host you know the zoom one the one where like Mm -hmm. and uh afterwards she was like why do we watch that she's like it was scary and there was no like there was no actual story it was just scary for being (laughs) scary and i was like that's the best part she's like no she's like i would like to be scared when there's a story with it like you know like she, she likes movies like uh like uh it's a real old movie but like sounds of the land you know like maybe that's scary course, that's yeah. but it's got like a you know real good story you know that's one of the best movies ever made so it's kind of like Absolutely. a bad example but i
1: talk um, about it me and, me and my wife talk about it all the time about how a a, a lesser movie would have peaked at when Hannibal Actors kind of escapes from that cage and he like gets out of the you know when he's kind of like Puts the guy's face on, on on top of his face and stuff, and like that part, like that's any other movie that would be the peak of the movie, and yet they somehow managed to go and another step with the bit in like Buffalo Bills, like with yeah. the um, the goggles and stuff. Really, like when you, especially again, like it's a movie I've seen a hundred million times, but like I watch it now and I think, like, how the fuck did they pull that off? Like that's such a, like an expert feat of. Amazing sort of, sort of uh, storytelling and movie making.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. You think that that like he bites a dude's face and shit, and like you think that that's definitely like the climax. And then next thing you know, it's like all oh, this is even more tense than that was. Yeah, know, so. exactly.
1: Okay. Um, so so good
0: but uh speaking of movies that are just fucking awesome uh do you have any favorites of all time or you know uh one that stands out of as an all-time favorite you know i know it's kind of hard to like lock one in but uh if you have one you're welcome to shout it out
1: yeah Uh, so i've the ones that i've been kind of like writing stuff down in the week um in preparation for this and i figured i'm gonna go for some kind of deep cuts in the sense that i i figure like i don't have anything uh of value to say about the exorcist that hasn't been said a hundred million times before like yeah. do you know what I mean it's like I'm pretty like that is the greatest horror movie of all time and everyone knows it there's like there's nothing I can add to that like if yeah. you are listening to this podcast I'm sure you've seen the exorcist <laughs> um, so uh yeah but the ones the ones that I thought of that maybe again I'm not gonna go like super obscure on this but like movies that I I kind of Come back to a lot and think of great. Um, one that always jumps out to me is a movie called The Innocents. Okay. Um, we, uh, nineteen sixty-one. Deborah Kerr's in it. Uh, I believe it's based on Turn of the Screw. The, the yeah. novel. just absolutely like, considering, like, obviously, it's a very old movie. It's like black and white. I feel like it's really bold and not necessarily forward-thinking, but like I can I can feel its influence on you know any sort of like haunted house movie that i watch watched now i kind of I, I can think back and think like this was done so with so much more like refined subtlety and like grace in the innocence than it is in any of these new ones um there's a particular scene in it that um if you remember so it's for anyone that hasn't seen the movie that it's of like Haunted House movie set in this, like, stately manner, kind of, you know, sprawling gardens and all that. Um, and there's a scene where they're looking out onto the lake and there's, like, a sort of, like, island in the middle, um, like, covered in reeds and stuff. And you see, I guess, an apparition, um, like a ghostly figure. And it kind of looks like, if anyone's familiar with the first Black Sabbath record, the uh, the cover of that, it sort of looks like that almost. And it just, it lingers on this shot like not too long and it's from far away. So it's like, you've kind of got to squint almost to see it. And then it just lingers like just long enough that to really kind of spook you out. And then it goes and the movie just carries on. And I remember just thinking, I, I remember seeing it and being like really fucking spooked. And <laughs> like, um, I don't know, like I, again, and that's not the only like, great scare there is in that film yeah it's also very and I think this is kind of a trend in the uh the choices I've picked like I mentioned about like chasing after like that feeling of being scared or being uncomfortable I feel like that manifests as, as an older person there you know in my 30s that kind of you know like that scared feeling doesn't isn't necessarily not that I don't love like traditional kind of horror movies but there's a different type of movie that affects me in that way, and I think *The Innocence* is one that, like, definitely. There's a there's a sort of there's a lot of weird shit. Like, there's a part when she kind of she like she like shares a, a intimate moment with this, this young child, um, and it's like not it, it it kind of not sexual, but it almost is a little bit, and it's really like. Jarring, and I remember watching it, and being like, "What the fuck is happening?" Here? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like um, it's shit like that for a movie that came out in nineteen sixty-one. For like that level of sort of transgressive, like boundary-breaking, um in this, as I say, this like, like certainly visually no perfect, just genuinely frightening, nervous energy of a movie. I don't know, yeah, I think it's one of the greats of all time. Oh. Um, so that was uh what was else was on my list? Um I love uh the a- again this is a director whose name I uh can't pronounce, but um Possession from 1981, I think. Fuck yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know
0: the director's name either, but I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Sam um Neal's Sam Neil's in thing. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh fuck, like that movie is a trip. Like <laughs> it's um so Again, there's a scene, again, if anyone hasn't watched this movie, please do, but anyone that has will know what I'm talking about when I say there's a scene where this couple that are getting divorced and it's like a real story of a bitter, nasty, you know, sort of uh, just one of those breakups that kind of really is just messy and uncomfortable. And there's a scene when they're having a fight and she's, like churning sausage meat into a grinder. <laughs> um, and like the, I don't know, the sort of, the imagery is right there. And <laughs> like, it's um it's one of the most tense scenes I think I've ever seen in a movie. Um, and again, like it just, it goes from there. Like that's, it, there's so many, again, not even really a traditional horror movie in a sense, it's more of a kind of art film. But I, you yeah. know, I probably, I kind of, I think of it like that just because um i don't know this as i say it's that kind of it's so uncomfortable that i think of it as a horror movie Do you know what i mean like that level of like oh, fuck, what's going on here like yeah um almost yeah it's like
0: any early cronenberg film like you can almost say they're not well, horror, like the brood um, uh, um what's the other one um that i'm just thinking the rabbit like they're not really horror films they're kind of just like very artsy films with like a horror aspect you know oh absolutely I mean
1: my band's not called Flesh Group for nothing Um,
0: (laughs) so um,
1: yeah no I chronobugs like I mean that's any pick any fucking probably like I rewatched Scanners I think I mentioned it to you actually like the other day it's just the fucking the greatest I feel like if my if I had to like explain my the like aesthetic of my band in a movie Scans would probably be a good one because as I say there's that kind of classic Cronenberg body horror style but then there's also this like he has such a way of kind of being like almost like conspiratorial um it's kind of like dabbling in this sort of like shadowy sinister kind of espionage type of type of stuff that's um Mm -hmm. I just think he has a real fun way of doing that. And the way he combines that with, as I say, the body horror and stuff, is just, I don't know, he's a master. Like, I think yeah. he's by all accounts probably an asshole. Like, from what I've read about The Brood and the fact that it kind of seems to mirror his own divorce that was happening at the same time. Um, <laughs> like, read into uh, what you will about, yeah, David Cronenberg's uh, character, but guy can make a movie. Um, yeah. God bless him. Have you watched the uh, from Cr- Cr- Crimes of the Future?
0: Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. I uh, I'll probably mm-hmm. rewatch it now that it's on um Hulu because it just I saw that it just got added. I don't know. Uh over there it's probably Disney Plus, I think is what a lot of Hulu's. Yeah, it,
1: is. I like I loved it a lot more than I thought it was good. I was gonna, to be honest. Like, I because I love, I mean, I love his the sort of like noir stuff that he did um later on. Like I I rewatched history of violence recently, and fuck that movie's so good. Like yeah. Eastern Promises, well, sick. Like, obviously, like not traditional horror movies in the sense, but like, again, he's like he's using that same toolbox that he would in, LSSA, like if he's doing Rabbit or Videodrome or whatever. Like, there's still kind of that tension and that atmosphere. Yeah, it's just sort of a different kind of style. But yeah, he's a, he's a favorite of mine for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Another one that I was gonna again, like while we're on the subject of sort of movies that are. Scary, but might not necessarily be considered horror movies. Um, the movie that I always think back to, the one that's like the purest like fright that I've ever felt, that like um, is, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time. uh Mulholland Drive, the David oh, Lynch yeah. movie. I've, I'm I'm assuming you're going to know the scene that I'm talking about with the uh, lady behind the uh, behind the restaurant.
0: Yeah, the dream. I've had a dream been having a dream yeah a dream. like
1: I had to turn that movie I had to turn it off and like go and like compose myself because I was I was so spooked by it yeah um and similarly with like I mean I'd put Lost Highway in the same category like I'm a huge David Lynch fan like and I just think he has such a way of his game like he doesn't make horror movies but his movies are scary like like genuinely frightening parts and those like same can be said for the last um uh the last Season of Twin Peaks that he, he did. Um yeah. the early seasons of Twin Peaks have fucking really scary shit in when, when it's like you know, Bob in the train and all shit. Like yes. um, the but then there was that like shit.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like and like Fire Walk With Me is a fucking scary horror movie. Like it's not advertised as such, and it's not necessarily sold as such, but like I really think he's a master of just as I say, kind of making an atmosphere that's so unnerving and Uncomfortable that you just can't. You, as I say, you've, it's if that's more frightening to me than you know a lot of the stuff that I guess is kind of considered sort of uh you know horror movies these days. I, um,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I agree hundred percent. Like even uh Blue Velvet, you know, that has like no horror aspect. It's still just so tense and like it has so much like crazy like like off the wall shit in it that like your normal movie goer like won't enjoy it. So we're like, a, I feel like a horror fan like uh won't find that stuff like over the top tense you know what i mean like the way mm. that F- frank like is like is always like s- you know snorting gas and stuff and then like the yeah, way yeah, he's like yeah. kind of like when he's like uh very rapey with her and stuff and then uh like all the stuff he does with uh um the singer's character can't remember her name but uh yeah that's, that's probably one of my favorites of his which shout out it was shot in north carolina as well so yeah.
1: I, was, I, I did not know that, like, um, yeah, it, that but... excellent movie like um again like i think there's a level to like a lot of these picks that I'm saying here, there's like, it's kind of, it's, it's transgressive without being like shock value, which I think there's a lot of kind of horror movie or a lot of sort of, I don't want to talk shit, but like a lot of maybe lesser horror movies that rely a bit too heavily on just shock value for shock value's sake. Yeah. And that's kind of eye rolly. And you sort of think, Oh yeah, what the fuck? Like who cares? But when you watch something that like, as I say, it's like genuinely feels like, well, this, I'm um, and like, this feels on the edge. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something still exciting to me about that. And it's kind of, I was definitely one of those kids that sort of definitely during my late like, teens and early twenties, like I would be looking up like most fucked up movies <laughs> ever. <laughs> like, which actually, I mean, well, if we're going like, to, I might as well wrap up this kind of, uh, this section of it with this one. I remember having that moment. and I guess this would have been, when did this movie come out? Like 2008? Uh, I remember watching the French movie Martyrs.
0: Okay. I think um, it was oh, 08 Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was like, that was the one time when I've kind of watched, I've been watching a movie and I was just sort of, I remember poor, I was watching it like illegally, um, <laughs> paused it and kind of, I just took a moment and was just like, am I enjoying this? Like, and if so, why? <laughs> like, why do I want to see these things? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, they still to this day, I watched it again. Like I I, I, did, I watched it then, and then I didn't watch it for ten years, and I watched it again recently. Yeah, and I still think it's, a, like a fucking that's a movie and a half. Do you know what I mean? Like that's this nothing quite like how, what Martus has in store for you. Um, it's yeah, like a, a harrowing, brutal experience, but one that I ultimately think is is worthwhile. Fuck
0: yeah. No, yeah, I love that movie myself. Uh, I had I had a bad experience. I was trying to watch it illegally myself and it kept fucking popping up the remake and I was like, I don't want this shit. So I ended up having to just mm-hmm. buy it on Amazon Prime. So now I just own it, uh, own it on Amazon Prime. But at the time it wasn't streaming on anything because I did yeah. the same thing. It was like two or three years ago. I really wanted to rewatch it because it it was kind of um, honestly I did the same thing this year with high tension. Uh, okay. it, was, it was one of those movies when I first, which high tension was a little different because when I saw uh high tension, I loved the movie and the, the brutality was crazy, but I just didn't like the ending of the movie. Like it kind of yeah. like makes a lot of them, some of the movie not make sense at all. So I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. yeah, so I needed to like separate myself from that one to like give it like, so like that way, when I came back to it, there was like no expectations, just watching it for the fun of the, like mm-hmm. the brutalness of it. Okay. And, um, to where martyrs it was like I loved it the ending was excellent I loved everything about it yeah. it was like uh it's just so fucked up like that last 30 minutes of like the beginning is like fun brutal where she's like blowing yeah. the family away and like uh, of course,
1: yeah yeah it immediately just like descends into this again like it's just fucking depressing yeah <laughs> um, it's funny I watched it with my wife and she had like a totally different she loved it also and she was kind of saying about how how interesting it was that there was um, this violence that was like against women, which is unfortunately is a trope in a lot of kind of bad horror movies, but yeah, none of it was particularly sexualized. Like it's all like, it's very clinical and you know, that there's nothing sort of underward in that sense happening. Yeah, um, And that's not something I ever thought of. And it's like, it's weird how like, oh, we had these different kinds of takes and obviously uh, being a woman, she kind of... Um, she would sort of read different subtext than I would have, and I remember it just being like, yeah, it gave me a new understanding for the movie. And like, I think any kind of film that you can watch and two people can see the same thing happening and sort of have different experiences and takeaways from it is is uh has got to be something worth it's it's kind of worth your time,
0: yeah film's absolutely brilliant one thing i always forget about or i feel like goes unmentioned a lot is uh how scary the supernatural shit is at the beginning half of the film where like the the other girl that uh was tortured is kind of like haunting you know the one of yeah, the yeah. girls that shit's fucking like the first part when you see her like when she's in the they're in the beds in the like school or whatever mm-hmm. still or the uh, uh not school the hospital it's fucking yeah. like that shit scared the fuck out of me the first time i saw yeah, it I was I like,
1: well i mean because I just, the whole movie sets you up to be this like very expertly done kind of as i say sort of like i don't wanna say like jump scares kind of a dirty word but like it's got that sort of like oh shit fucking yeah. like and then it just completely takes a left turn into something wildly different um yeah which again is a super bold thing to do in in any movie and i think that's something like i just, it's one of those things where yeah as i say like i love horror movies and i i i still think there's art to be made in them do you know what i mean and it's kind of like i i am applaud any kind of movie that is, you know, stands on its own feet and does these kind of maybe perhaps controversial. um I mentioned kind of like transgressive sort of shit. Like I think I, I still, that still moves me in a way that I'm glad that it like, you know, there's, there's still kind of stuff within this genre that excites me and kind of, I don't know, makes me want to watch more.
0: Oh yeah, no, I agree hundred percent for sure. I'm glad that there's still films out there that, aren't scared to push boundaries and shit like that, you know, like, and um, get a little fucking brutal. You know what I mean? Like even <laughs> uh, kind of uh, a recent one, you know, I don't know if you, have you ever seen the house or well, I was going to say the house to Jack Bell, which is a pretty good movie, but have you ever seen the golden glove? Do you have Shudder in the UK, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, It's on Shudder. I don't know if you have, if you have Shudder, I mean, I know it's, uh, I figured it was in the UK. I just didn't, uh, but I don't know if you have it, but it's uh, the golden glove is based on a killer called something i don't know it's pretty much like kind of like a little bit like doctored up uh movie about a killer but it's so brutal and like but it's done in a way that it's very weird it's like about a german killer and stuff so the whole movie's in uh german and stuff you know there's like sub- other subtitles and stuff so um but i highly recommend watching that it's called the golden glove and it's called that because that's the bar he goes to but it's okay uh, yeah. it's Go very on like
1: on the uh the aforementioned list um yeah i'll uh i'll put that down and that's um they'll uh, probably go on on the weekend maybe
0: hell yeah no it's definitely one to watch for sure I, it's one of my favorites that like i just like watched on a whim because somebody else posted it and i don't mm-hmm. see a lot of people people post about it but i really enjoy it. that one and then skull the mask is also on shutter that's just a fucking gory ass like practical effects fun movie that's not really a yeah. great movie but if you want something that's just like holy shit the whole time it's yeah one, but- i mean i, mean, I still have like that like like
1: kind of what mirroring what i was saying about like i think you can like Different kinds of hardcore, and still, you know, like I, I feel like that with with horror movies. You know what I mean? Like I'll, as I say, like I'll, I'll watch these kind of, you know, I'll watch the A twenty four movies, and then I'll stick on some kind of dumb fucking, you know, splatter shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, it's both good to me. You know what I mean? Like I, and as I say, yeah, there's kind of there's, there's enough to go around. I think. Uh, oh yeah.
0: No, I agree 100. percent And I'm the same way. I watch, you know, like you could just kind of see in my background alone. You know, I got like stuff like X, which and Rosemary's Baby, but then also got fucking like uh, Halloween. You know, House of 1000 Corpses yeah. and Halloween 3. So it's like I was gonna
1: say we uh, we we have to while I'm still here, we have to talk about. Um,
0: I think Halloween 3 is the best one, and I
1: don't think that should be a controversial opinion. I think it's. Um, I would. I would at this point. I say I. I like it more than the first one. Like, yeah, I agree i did too i think it's a fucking i think it's so fun um it's i have to say like it's, it's it's if i remember if i'm correct in thinking like john carpenter didn't he just produced it right
0: yeah he uh he like kind of helped write but not really like he it was a uh, uncredited like uh pretty much this guy wrote uh which i didn't know this until just recently uh tommy lee wallace the director who's credited for writing and directing the film like completely yeah. like when you watch the film uh um, he was on Postmortem with Mick Garris and uh, which is another awesome podcast I highly recommend if nobody's seen that you know Mick Garris wrote Hocus Pocus directed Psycho Four uh, Sleepwalkers a bunch of other good stuff but um, the stand but uh, anyways so that he interviewed him and he asked him about it and apparently there was another guy I can't remember his name but I guess he originally there was another guy that originally wrote Halloween three. And then John and Tommy Lee Wallace tag teamed like some rewrites on it, but like they didn't completely rewrite it. Like Tommy Lee Wallace was saying that a lot of the movie is still the same; it's just like some stuff that needed to be changed. And the guy okay. was the guy was so mad about it that he was like, "Just take my name off of it completely." So okay. when that happened, John you know, John was going uncredited anyway, so it gets credited all the time as being written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. And Tommy Lee Wallace is like, "I just touched it up." Like, <laughs> I oh, <need> wow. He was like, it's kind of like a false credit over all these years. He's like, but why go like, you know, why go out on a big thing? Correct to people about a movie that really got hated on for the longest time. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? So
1: um, Again, I think just like it definitely feel it has that sort of like John Carpenter-esque feel to it. Um. Yeah. Again, like the master and like the greatest. So he did
0: score it too. That's so how he did do that. Well, yeah,
1: that's probably in large part to that. But like, yeah, I just think it's. I think it's so fun, and I. I think the original that idea that like if you know they'd kind of finish the story of Mike Myers and they could have just done this kind of anthology thing where it was a new story every year, like Halloween was something new. Like I think that would have been cool to me. Like I again, like as, as much as I do, I do love the you know they like they've the other Halloween movies. But like to a point, you know what I mean? Like I feel like they didn't necessarily need like ten sequels to yeah. it. Like um sure, there are thirteen uh, of now
0: if you include the remakes. Well, exactly. And it's kind of
1: like yeah, I don't know, just it's sort of like rather than, you know, really sort of squeeze the last bit of blood out of that stone, it would just cool if to imagine if it had just been left with like the kind of you know, the first two and yeah. maybe four. I think I think it's it's, it's fun, I suppose. But Yeah, no, that's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the, uh, standing up for Halloween three. That's the best one.
0: Fuck yeah. No, I definitely agree. And that's the thing is, uh, it's one of those that I feel like more people will come, you know, like that'll be like a not so popular, not, I don't want to say not so popular. I guess I want to see, say not such a hot take in the future, like, uh, in the future, that's going to be like, going to be a more popular opinion, I guess would be the word is, uh, you know, more people are going to feel that way, especially once like, uh, you know they get tired of watching all these fucking 11 other movies to understand what's happening well you don't have to but then you have to like that's the confusing part is if it's somebody that doesn't really know what they're like diving into and they just see these movies with one two three four five six seven that's some confusing shit and then especially now you add in this new trilogy that people think is like some people that don't know better think it's literally like movie eight nine ten you know or whatever yeah It's like, fuck, like you, the fact that you have to explain somebody what they need to watch to understand the movies is just ridiculous. Where three, it's like, just watch this one, you're fine. <laughs> like, yeah, no, of course, yeah, watch one <laughs> movie and you're good. Same with the first movie, it's like, just watch that one and you're fine, you don't need any other, ones. Yeah. but oh yeah. But uh, so you know, and we're recording this right after Halloween, but this will be dropping in the month of December. So, speaking of that, uh, I did want to ask you, do you have any favorite, like, go to horror, like, they don't have to be exactly horror but like horror themed or horror like adjacent uh Christmas films that you go to every year.
1: So my my ch- choice for this is a real stretch. <laughs> but I thought it'd be more interesting. Um have you ever seen the 1971 movie Wake and fright? No. Okay, so that's a that's a highly recommended. Um it's a movie about a teacher played by John Grant who he's in some like outback like very very remote outback uh like a school in australia yeah um and like yeah i think if like from the like, it, it seems like you know there's literally just like a sort of like i think there's like a mine and a bar and the school in this town and that's it um and he's for whatever reason he's ended up in this real like uh he's like english i think he ends up in this in this town he's traveling back to sydney to fly home to england for christmas which is the only reference to Christmas this movie has mm-hmm. and this is why I'm considering it a Christmas movie because it does technically start around the holidays anyway yeah um yeah he yeah. ends up en route to Sydney he ends up in this other super weird um real kind of backwards uh like another like outback town the name of which escapes me but um he basically he ends up uh he has like a wild drunken night he gambles away all his money um, he ends up hanging out with the locals. Donald Pleasance is uh, one of them. Fuck yeah. Uh, he plays a super weird guy. I'd have to say, anyone, if there's any vegans listening to this, you maybe want to skip this one. There is a very famous scene in which he takes them on a kangaroo hunt. And I believe they actually did shoot a bunch of kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Um... <laughs> There's a very real, like, slaughter happens in the middle of the movie. It's um, and it's not. I remember watching it at the time and thinking, like, this is really it's fucked up. But, I like, it doesn't seem like these are these are fake. <laughs> yeah. Shooting, like, you can kind of just innately tell, like, that a soul has left that body. <laughs> like, um, but now I know but, why I haven't uh, heard of the film. <laughs> it's fucking it. well. So it's it, and it's again. I don't want to give too much away, but yeah. it, it's kinda of, the reason why I like it is because not I, nothing actually that bad happens to him. He just kind of has this really fucked up night. He has to hang out with these weird people. And it's kind of all of his own doing in the sense that like he's just sort of idiotically drunkenly gambled away, like the only money he had to get home. Yeah. Um so he has to have this like wild, debaucherous weekend with these like crazy sort of outback people. Yeah, I don't know. There's something, uh, like, I just think it's a fucking, again, it's a, like, real, despite there not being, like, too much, like, quote-unquote horror in it, it's super tense the whole way through, like, there's just a nervous energy to it that I just haven't seen replicated in many other movies. I believe it's very controversial in, in its home of Australia because it does kind of portray the yeah, outback as being, like, full of these, like, oddball weird <laughs> um, you know like fringe society characters There, but yeah it's a fucking excellent movie um i highly recommend anyone if you if you want to watch a christmas movie that has nothing to do with christmas then <laughs> right is my uh it's my recommendation
0: fuck yeah no i definitely put that on my list for sure i'll probably watch it sooner you know than uh christmas just because you know to start to get in the spirit since it's not exactly exactly oh yeah no my go-to christmas is a thing every year i mean of course i watch like the normal show like gremlins and all that stuff but uh my go-to is uh i always on christmas morning of course it changed when i had a kid two years ago but like uh i used to watch it from my bed now i just have to like find the time to watch it but uh (laughs) i watched the uh tales from the crypt episode that was based off of the movie short uh all, all through the house because I like the um, I like the remake of the like short but, like better because it's stretched out mm-hmm. into the episode plus it's directed by Robert Zemeckis in my favorite movie of all times Back to the Future so I was like who doesn't yeah. but it was written by Fred Decker, who did Monster Squad so it's just like full of good people so that's, that's a good
1: choice that's um, yeah absolutely and uh, again that's it's been a while since I uh, since I watched that but I'm, again I might I might revisit um, it's on YouTube that's
0: how I watch it yearly so I highly recommend it if you haven't so. Absolutely. oh yeah. Now, and then, uh, so pretty much at the towards the end of the show, I like to ask some, you know, hypothetical questions, you know, that mix of music and movies, you know, just, a, uh, about like one or two. So my first yeah. one being, uh, if somebody approached you and wanted you to score a horror movie, uh, is that something that you would be interested in doing? So, and if so, uh, obviously the option is not usually given to the composer, but, uh, what kind of horror movie would you prefer to score? Whether it be, you know, a zombie slasher, uh, ghost story?
1: Um, so I would love to, whether or not we have the kind of, uh, capacity to um make that style of (laughs) of, uh you know if they wanted to like you know a bunch of minute-long hardcore punk songs to score the movie Mm -hmm. then do that but no i would say it would have to be i mentioned before about um david cronenberg i think it would have to be some kind of like gross out body horror kind of if i if we could like video drone basically like (laughs) i think i think that's the type of because i always think like, when i so the name flesh creep obviously you know other than just the saying like oh it makes my flesh creep i remember hearing that out of context um in a Megadeth song or funny enough oh, yeah. um and it made me think of like oh what would a f- like I, for some reason i thought of like a flesh creep and like, what would that be like if like in like you know if there was a movie about a flesh creep and i kind of thought of like again the the classic sort of like David Cronenberg for some reason you know where Liam Neeson in Dark Man, yeah he's all fucked up and like yeah uh that type. that's when I hear my own bad name I that's kind of the the imagery that kind of comes up uh so yeah I think it would have to be something like fleshy and gooey and gross um I think we'd, we'd be able to work something about that
0: Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Do something like uh like almost like a installment of Grindhouse or some shit like that. Yeah, absolutely, um,
1: fuck yeah. That'd if, be anyone a... wants, if anyone listening wants us to do that, then here so.
0: Hell yeah, no, that'd be awesome. And I know what you mean by like Cronenberg. It's almost like he does like a futuristic. But in the present, at the same time, if like mm-hmm. you know, like especially with Videodrome, like of course, like Crimes of the Future is just completely futuristic. But like a movie like Videodrome, like you watch it and it's like, oh, they're in the eighties, but shit that happens also is like, oh, that's very futuristic. So it's like, I don't know, it's cool. But well, I mean,
1: there's it, going back to Crimes of the Future, and I apologize for rambling here. But um, I remember there being like themes that I picked up on that necessarily the people that I watched it with didn't. Where there's like the idea of him. You know, this sort of like he's kind of like a op. Like you know what I mean? Like he's like he's he's talking to the feds. Yeah. Um and I was just I've just been reading that um the book, uh what's it chaos, the Charles Manson book, where it kind of alludes that he might have been CIA. Um and I love shit like that. Like it, I it could like go down rabbit holes for hours about Cointel bro and shit like that. Like I think that's like something that's heavily like a part of like the lyrics to our band is that sort of that kind of yeah. Um we at least sort of like I don't know, international agent intelligence communities kind of pulling the threads and shit like that. Like I, I mean it's kind of dangerous territory with like I don't want to come out like QAnon or some shit. But like <laughs> yeah. um uh like we definitely play around with that type of thing. And I think, yeah, I definitely got that from Crimes of the Future. As I mentioned, like the other um a lot of his other stuff, I feel like there's kind of elements to that where there's there's maybe a hint of politics kind of sort of like under the surface and it's not too obvious but if you kind of if you know what to look for it's there um which i think again i think is kind of sort of uh definitely something that my band player pulls from a lot
0: no hell yeah no i uh i know exactly what you mean that's uh one thing i like about his films is like they always have like a message like the same way people look at, you know, just to kind of like dumb down the references, uh, you know, for people listening and stuff. The same way people look at Jordan Peele's films for like, uh, you know, like some kind of social commentary. He has them. They're just way deeper in there. You know what I mean? And it's like and they go like way deeper into like social, you know, social shit. So like into the stuff that people don't want to talk about because of how fucked up it is. Not the type of shit that you already see all over the Internet. You know what I mean? So, What's that, man? But no, it's fucking uh, I, I'm such a big Cronenberg fan. That's yeah. one of those things that. Crimes of the Future is one of those movies that I'll probably watch a few more times, but uh, um, I'm really excited to see what his son does again. I don't really liked Possessor; it felt like right and in- James oh, the- was
1: ruled so yeah. good, so good. Um, what are the chances, like fucking father-son duo like that? Like that's so cool. Yeah, it's great movie. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad he pulled it off.
0: Now, there's so many fucking like excellent people out there that their kids are just kind of like uh i'm surprised they're making it <laughs> i'm not gonna lie like <laughs> steven spielberg's kid is like still doing indie films and fucking uh yeah. which i mean he's uh you know he has hope or whatever i heard honeydew was good that's the only movie i've even known him to be yeah. in but um and then you got fucking uh clint eastwood's kid that always plays like a extra in every movie scotty Swood or whatever it's just like not to hate on them. I mean, shit, they're fucking making money doing movies. I'm not talking shit about them, but it's just like it's good to see somebody's kid come in and do the same thing they did and do it like just as good, almost. Like obviously, you're not going to compare Possessor to like all the like classic works of Cronenberg, but the fact that he came in and just knocked it out of the park in a in a like a, I think it was only like a second film was just amazing. So
1: you're incredible, yeah.
0: hell yeah. Well, so he's
1: had to learn from the best,
0: um- <laughs> right? <laughs> I was gonna say, i can imagine if you're growing up on set, to, some to grow up on those sets would be fucking wild as shit. Like, once <laughs> you got a stinger coming out of our armpit, like, what the? F- <laughs> Sick. But uh, so, uh, pretty much, my final question I like to ask all my guests is: uh, Do you have a horror story of your own? And it could be, you know, from uh, either years on the road with this band, or you know, like past projects, or it could just be something that was scary shit to happened to you in your personal life. Whether it's, uh, uh, you know, people that's been stabbed on the show, and there's also people that deal with the paranormal if you believe in that stuff.
1: Yeah, so I have I, I thought long and hard about this. Um, I don't think that anything quite paranormal has ever happened to me, at least that I've noticed. Yeah. Um, I'll say that door behind you is creeping the me the out. I'm moment, not going to lie. Um, <laughs> now, now you're going to be looking yeah, at it. <laughs> I think that was, that's just uh, the, the one that stuck out to me. And again, this is something that I did not know I might just be like kind of an idiot and like these things happen and I I don't I I don't register um I but I remember so I was on I went to India a couple years ago I did a bit of like traveling around and we're in a place called Hampi which is if anyone's ever been and it's gorgeous like kind of feels like you're in the Flintstones or something like it feels like prehistoric there's lots of these real like beautiful like rock formations everywhere um and it's real remote, like, it's a real, very cool place to go. Um, However, we, for whatever reason, we, our hotel, the, the place we were staying was, like, super far out of, if you could even call it a town, like, there was, like, two roads with, a, like, a restaurant and a, a bar, like. And so, yeah, we, I, I don't like, even think there was a bar there. Like, um, either way, we decided to walk back from this restaurant that we'd eaten at to our hotel, which was, like, probably, like, an hour's walk through, like, fields and like real sort of like country like and he's like it's about eight hours inland from the coast um so it's real kind of like yeah isolated we're walking up this road um it's in near pitch black and all of a sudden like a a guy on a um sort of like scooter pulls up next to us like kind of gets up stares us down a little bit kind of does the sort of like Mm -hmm. um and then gets back on his bike, drives away. I think nothing of this. I just thought oh, okay. you know, maybe I don't know, he was gonna ask us something, he thought it would, like changed his mind. Um, as we got back to the hotel, my my friends that I was with, who would had not said a word since we <laughs> since this had happened, turned around to me and was like, Did you see that guy had like a fucking huge machete? And he'd, like, he'd stopped. And I don't know, again, like, who knows? But, like, I don't know if he thought there was just one of us and just was, like, going to try his luck. And then when we realised... Because this day was really, really dark. Yeah. So when he realised there was three of us, and maybe he thought, I don't know if I could take three dudes or whatever. But yeah like he was like apparently they were like yeah he was brandishing machete and eyeing us <laughs> right so uh, yeah again like i'm glad that i didn't um clock that because it would have made me really fucking spooked <laughs> but yeah that's that's probably like in terms of shit that i still think about that's pretty scary <laughs> it's probably my best story that i got
0: Fuck, that would scare the shit out of me. I'm fucking I watch videos all the time. Like uh I'll be scrolling through and it's like fight with a machete, and it's like, you know, like it does the shit where it's like 18 and older. Do you want to watch? And I'm like, I want to watch, yeah. but I'm scared because that's the scary sketchy <laughs> shit. Fucking all of a sudden you see people's meat hanging off and fucking... and there's
1: and there's something about like again, like I I was kind of like I, I went for like a year, it was sort of like darting about and this. I cannot stress to you like that wasn't the only time when I was in maybe not as dicey a situation as that but like being uh, you know you're in the middle of fucking like the the fields of Cambodia and all of a sudden you're like a rabid dog is chasing me and you're like I might just die in the middle of this fucking like do you know what I mean it's that kind of thing where like everyone likes to you know I'm gonna go travel the world and it's gonna be fun and I'm gonna be on the beach and I'm gonna find myself and all that and then more often than not you're like yeah I might just die and there's nothing like Like, um, and that's you know what that's character building I think
0: Um, (laughs) you'll watch horror movies in a different way (laughs) once you've had a couple situations like that uh, I assure you and all of a sudden the movie The Ruins is like hitting extra hard on you
1: (laughs) oh yeah it's certainly
0: oh yeah no, that's awesome I mean it's not awesome that it happened but it's awesome that you know enough, that you survived and that you have a story to tell I mean that's just fucking crazy exactly
1: um, yeah, like uh again like I feel, I feel like if I'm lucky that I didn't even talk it happening because I would have been super I, I would like I as much as I do like I said like I watch horror movies and shit like that and I do chase after that feeling like um i'm a scaredy cat like
0: <laughs> I mean, if i'd have known that would happen,ing i would have freaked out immediately and not been fun to be around <laughs> so, you know but you never know if that like if your reaction like it's seeing it with him there like could have caused a different like outcome you know what i mean so like whether you see it and freak and try to kick him in the chest or something and then he swings it at you or yeah. like you know like anything you know like whether you freaked and went into fight mode or like which you know could have been bad if you know he gets exactly, the right swing yeah, yeah. or and then, and then or, or if you just like freaked and then like you know by making any kind of movement he freaked out and swung you know so but no yeah, exactly no it's probably yeah, a good thing yeah, you yeah.
1: didn't see it. <laughs> yeah luckily here to tell the tale yeah
0: hell yeah well i appreciate you for coming on the show man and i do want to shout out real quick because uh I, the only thing i have in the background now is because i did a little swap around is the record right there but uh, obviously i'm a huge scream fan and Wes craven's my favorite so i want to shout out your uh last house on the left shirt that you're wearing uh also uh was literally watching a video of like on youtube about uh there's a channel called joe blow horror they do like normal movies mm-hmm. they have like a normal joe blow joe blow channel too but they do like horror and they talk about like uh behind the scenes of movies i was literally watching one on that movie right before we got on like while i was waiting yeah. for like the last 10 minutes to happen like hey, um, i mean it's it's yeah it's a favorite of mine since i was like very probably too young yeah <laughs> <laughs> to watch
1: that film it's uh yeah, I mean, what a a masterpiece! Like, um, yeah. RP to Wes, man, like the, the greatest.
0: Yeah, hell yeah! Now it's crazy how how different his shit is. Like, it went from being some of the grittiest, like hardest, mm. harshest horror to watch to some of the funnest, like rewatchable horror movies. Like, it's so of hard course. to rewatch Last House, House on the Left, but like I could rewatch Scream three times in one day. <laughs> of course, is- yeah,
1: no, absolutely. absolutely. But the quality yeah. is the same, you know, like. Um, I mean, we we started this conversation talking about um, soundtracks and Goblin and shit, and like, what a fucking soundtrack to that movie, man! Like, yep. it's like the first time I really like, the, I do know, the juxtaposition of like obscene, horrible shit happening on the screen and like this very sort of wistful, nice country music playing in the background. I remember that being fucking jarring as fuck when I was a kid. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So that one stuck with me, for sure.
0: Reminds me of the opening of cannibal Holocaust. That shit goes so hard, but it's like <laughs> not in the way that you think.
1: I literally that it's, that I have the hardest cannibal Holocaust t-shirt in the wash. I was opening uh, <laughs> and ring which to which one to wear. Um,
0: oh yeah, now, that would have been a good one too because that's one of my favorites. So I know it gets a lot of hate, so, but I love it. Yeah.
1: Um Also classic. Another movie that I watched probably too young. That um, <laughs> yeah, as I say, one of the best.
0: Oh yeah. No. Well, I definitely, I uh, appreciate you for coming on, and you know, we'll have to chop it up again in the future sometime. You know, maybe when you guys are about ready to drop the LP and stuff like that, and come back on and promote that. So, absolutely,
1: I would love nothing more. I've I've had a, a blast. I will happily like talk for hours about like, horror movies
0: and dumb shit like that. So, yeah, I'm Um, uh, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it, of course, man. I appreciate you, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, or I guess at your point, the rest of your night because it's almost like probably 7 38. Uh, yeah, it'd be uh, like. I'll, uh, I'll be in bed soon but <laughs> not don't about 8 30 is when my eyes start closing so if i can't yeah, start yeah, if yeah. i don't have something started by eight o'clock i'm not watching it <laughs> like it's, it's a youtube night or like oh, maybe i'll throw on a football game or, or like basketball game yeah, or but... yeah absolutely but um but yeah as i say I've, I've had a blast i really enjoyed it same here man i appreciate you and uh enjoy the rest of your evening. And as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check back next week as I'll be joined by the one and only Adam Gomez of the legendary punk band The Dickies. For those that don't know, The Dickies are responsible for the Killer Clowns from Outer Space theme song as well as a theme song for the Toxic Avenger that came out a little bit too late to be used for the film but definitely is loved by horror fans. And Adam also got to work on the upcoming Killer Clowns from Outer Space, The Video Game, which is super awesome. So make sure you check out next week's episode to hear a chat about all that and much more. Go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all updates on the podcast. If you'd like to sign up for the Trash Mile Tour Club over on Patreon, the link for that is in the description. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and stay safe.